I had no idea we were going to run out of toilet paper. <laughs> we talked last week about COVID-19 corona. We talked about it. Realistic, rational outlook. Like we had a good conversation about that. Things we can do. Prayer, fasting, common sense ways of thinking. And since then, utter and absolute Chaos has broken out. The stock market has fallen some 10,000, nearly 10,000 points. More deaths. And by the way, you want to instill fear, you watch the stock market fall. That gets people real scared, right? Travel is banned, quarantines, major league sports are shut down, and there's no toilet paper on the shelves. I went to Walmart because I needed something else. It wasn't a special trip for toilet paper, but just for fun, I walked over. There was no toilet paper there in Walmart. And I heard some guy at one of Annabelle's soccer games saying, classic, I went to $2 Generals, uh, uh, Publix, Walmart, Kroger. There's no toilet paper. And I'm thinking, man, if you have that much time in the day to drive five different places looking for toilet paper, I need to figure out your schedule. But I am both amazed and intrigued. Here's an interesting note. Do you know how many media mentions have been made of the Ebola virus, which has a very, very high mortality rate? Do you know how many media mentions there are of Ebola? 11.2 million. Do you know how many media mentions there are of COVID-19? Guess. 1.1 billion media mentions of COVID-19. There's nothing even close. SARS, MERS, any of it. Am I suggesting by saying this Am I slamming that and saying, it's, this is just a big media hype thing? No, I'm not saying that at all, because it is very serious, and some 4,000 people have died. That's not something we joke about. It's not something we dismiss. But when toilet paper is gone from the shelves because, do you even know where it started? What I understood about this is that somewhere along the way, it was rumored that toilet paper is made in China and therefore no one wants to bring it into their homes because the more it's manufactured and shipped in, there's a high probability it could have corona on it. Now, that brought a statement that I read to this week from a pastor in Singapore. It brought this into very clear focus when he said this, the biggest lesson for me, he's talking about how they've navigated this situation. The biggest lesson for me has been navigating the road between fear and wisdom, said Pastor Andrew Tan of the City Church in Singapore. It is especially tough as fear often has a way to masquerade itself as wisdom. That is profound and powerful. Now, 
I ha- a very well-known ministry. I read some email from a well-known ministry talking about how things had been shut down and saying, God is pouring out his wrath on the nations. That's irresponsible. You can't say that. You don't know that. A judgment from God? I don't know. We talked about that last week, and that's really, you know, it's not our right to promote doomsday ideas and suggest that this is definitely some judgment and the earth is finally getting what's coming to it. But that statement, fear has a way to masquerade itself as wisdom, has an application for God's people. And when God's people are fearful, we make bad, bad decisions. Do you know that? Case in point, and I believe this is the enemy's number one tactic for manipulating you, fear. Case in point. Exodus 31, the end of the first section of the tabernacle building instruction ends quite peacefully, and it says, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets written with the finger of God. Wow, things were really going good up there. But down here, it was a different story, and that ends chapter 31 and 32, which is part of our Torah portion this week. Kitisa has this to say. Next verse. When the people saw that Moses was late in coming down from the mountain, the people gathered against Aaron and they said to him, come on, make us gods that will go before us because this man Moses who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. They were afraid. They lost faith. They were afraid. That's what happened. And I understand now Moses' utter disbelief at what he was seeing. Never did I realize that we would be able to connect Moses to toilet paper. But it is possible. The effects of fear cause us to behave irrationally. Irrational behavior. To literally create problems where they did not exist. This behavior is irrational. That behavior was irrational. God had recently provided deliverance from bondage, a marriage covenant on Mount Sinai, shown up in power, done all these amazing things for the people. And, and, and Moses had gone up and he was going to be up there working, but all of a sudden that changes because it's not going the way they planned it. And he says, the people say, he's abandoned us. He's not coming back. We got we to gotta do something. We got to fix this. And it's inexplicable, honestly, when God displays that type of power that within that short amount of a time, you can fail and fall. And that's why this is one of the main things that people constantly love to, to, to throw Jews under the bus and the Israelites and say, look at them, man. They couldn't even make it 40 days and they lost faith. These old Jews. But seriously, there is something much deeper and much more insidious here than fear. It's something that fear creates, whether it is implanted irrationally by the enemy and it is reacted to by the masses, or whether it's based on a legitimate concern, see Corona, that causes completely irrational behavior, see empty toilet paper shelves. That is our deep 
need to control. That is what fear brings about in people. It is something within us. And what Moses sees, Joshua says, listen, there's the voice of battle in the camp. And Moses says, uh-uh, that's not battle. That is blasphemy. That's what he hears. That's what he comes down and sees. But do you know, and Moses, he, he he's comes down and he sees this and he's holding these tablets and he says, what have you done? But you know what the people say? Look what we have done. We fixed it. And we're so zealous and proud of our ability to fix this situation. We even convinced Aaron, the high priest, to be involved in it. We don't need to rely on God. We can make our own God. We can be in control of this situation. We feared God had failed us, and so we took matters into our own hands, and we fixed it, we created it, and there's an even better and easier example of this that starts way back in Genesis 3. This beautiful young gal named Eve, remember her? And God says, look, you can do whatever you want. It's all good, but don't do this. Don't do that. And what does Satan do? He comes along and says, did he really say it? Come on. You want to be like him, right? You want him to have something over you? He, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. Come on. And what does Eve say? Mm, 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 mm. Wait a minute. I'm missing out on something? Wait a minute. I, I, I don't have everything. And, and he, could have, he could actually have some power over me. He might know more than me. No, I'm controlling this situation. I'll be in charge. <laughs> Adam, eat this. Our desire to be in control is remarkable. And there is this happening right now back to toilet paper. An article on CNN Health by Scotty Andrew on March 9th said this, the people who are stocking up on supplies are thinking about themselves and their family and what they need to do to prepare said Stephen Taylor, clinical psychologist and author of The Psychology of Pandemics. They're not thinking about healthcare workers, sick people, even regular folks who might run out of toilet paper sometime soon. It's all due to this wave of anticipatory anxiety, he said. People become anxious ahead of the actual infection. They haven't thought about the bigger picture, like what are the consequences of stockpiling toilet paper now? But people only act that way out of fear. Baruch Fishkoff said that preparing, even by purchasing toilet paper, returns a sense of control to what seems like a helpless situation. Depending on how people estimate the chances of needing the toilet paper, the hassle might be worth it, he said. If it gave them the feeling that they had done everything that they could, it might free them to think about other things than the coronavirus. That is out of control. But in their minds, that is in control. You get it? And this, my friends, is why you can't buy toilet paper. 
It doesn't have to be a judgment from God or some cataclysmic thing. As a matter of fact, God said in Exodus 15, listen, the disease part, I got that taken care of. Just do what I say, and I won't put the diseases of Egypt upon you. He's got that under control. It doesn't have to be cataclysm. It's the sign of the times where every human being all around us says, I am the master of my domain. I am in control. I don't need God. I don't need communities of religious people. I don't need any of that crap. I am in charge. Buying all the toilet paper gives the appearance of control. That's crazy. Eating the fruit gave Eve an opportunity to feel that she was in control. Building a golden calf made them feel that they were in control of the situation. And they influenced a large group of people, if nothing else, into at least being apathetic about it. No one stopped it. No one offered common sense. No one said, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Actually, someone did, and I'll tell you about him very quickly. But the same thing happened with the temple elite during the days of Yeshua. What did they do? This guy's causing a pretty big ruckus, and people, you know, people, they're listening to him. Let's have him killed. That'll work. That puts us back in control, and that's what we need. How does it work? when God's in control and we take our own authority. It doesn't work that well. There are real, reasonable, now listen to me, I am a control freak in recovery. (laughs) There is no one better on this earth to be giving you a teaching about control, I can promise you that. But there are real, reasoned responses to scary situations. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are practical. Did you know that the Department of Homeland Security suggests that at all times, you should have two weeks of supplies? At all times. Food, toiletries, medical supplies on hand. But Stephen Taylor, again, clinical psychologist, said most people don't. So when health officials publicly advise to stock up, they take it to the extreme. No, imagine that. Human beings taking something to the extreme. And there are extreme behaviors. On one side, you have people saying, oh, it's a total media hype. Corona's nothing. On the other side, you have people saying, Corona, it's the end of the world. Buy all the toilet paper. (laughs) God communicates through earthly wisdom. You know that? He does. He always has. And we have to pay attention to that. And we're prone to not. Speaking of, I said, no one helped. No one discouraged. Yeah, there was one guy who discouraged the golden calf. Who was he? Anyone know him? Her. Not him. Her. No, him. Her. H-U-R. You know, the guy who was with Aaron holding up Moses' arms. There's some debate about who her is. He's either the son of Miriam or maybe he's the husband of Miriam. But he was a pretty important dude. And her 
stood there and told these people, no, 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 you can't do that. Don't do that. And I imagine him saying, listen, you saw what God did. I know he's up there and it's, he's coming back down, but you saw, you know what God did. And I can imagine their response. Her, shut up. You believing in fables and fairy tales, that's not real. And what did they do? They killed her. Killed him, her. <laughs> and there's a parallel. There's a parallel to that today. Because for us, when spiritual religious voices raise the cry of trusting God through this situation, what happens? They're silenced. They're shut down. We don't need fables. We need science. Science is what we control, and we need to be in charge of it. Don't give me all that garbage about some God and healing and protection. We want to be in control because surely we know everything about the world through science. And so the, 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 the uh, I just had a Nacho Libre moment. Why are you always judging me? Because I only believe in science. <laughs> <sighs> I appreciated Jim Dennison's report on Corona this week when he said this, scientists use minds and abilities given to them by God who calls us to steward his creation with excellence. Christianity, he says, has made dramatic contributions. I would, might argue that Judaism has made even more proportionally amazing uh, uh, contributions, but it's not about that. It's not a battle. But Judeo-Christian doctors and scientists have made dramatic contributions to the development of hospitals, advancement of medical care. According to a University of Chicago study, 76% of doctors believe in God and, and use that in their treating of patients and how they think of disease and different things like that. It's a mistake for scientists to discount God's wisdom, just that is, is it a, as it is a mistake for us to discount scientific wisdom. The great physician uses science and reason, but here's the problem. Old favorite song of mine. It's not a black and white world to see the what, to see the uh, something. We want binary. We want yes, no, off, on, zero, one, good, bad. We want binary. It's got to be. You can't believe in science and in God. It's got to be either or. That gives us, you know, that's, that's what I believe. We can trust God or we can trust science, but we can't do both. And as we've demonstrated, we as people throughout the Bible, throughout history and right now, we can trust God or we can trust ourselves, but we cannot do both. This is a false dichotomy. You do both. And back to Pastor Tan's quote, the biggest lesson for me has been navigating the road between fear and wisdom. It's especially tough as fear often has a way to masquerade itself as wisdom. At the end of the day, we live somewhere between spiritual and natural. It is not this or that. Elizabeth Elliot observed, if you believe in God, 
If you believe in a God who controls the big things, you have to believe in a God who controls the little things. It is we, of course, to whom things look little or big. God's got it, to quote another song, but we have a part to play. There's something called the contagion effect, for better or worse. That's what you're seeing in the world right now. People being social creatures, we look to each other for cues for what is safe and what is dangerous. And when you see someone in the store panic buying, that can cause a fear contagion effect. We, trusters of God, have an opportunity and a responsibility with humility. I am not criticizing anyone if you are nervous or scared or taking extra precaution or doing anything. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. As a matter of fact, in the back of my truck, there are two boxes containing exactly 160 rolls of toilet paper <laughs> because I can't give a message like this and then have the synagogue run out of toilet paper, right? So we had to get some on Amazon. Jiminy Christmas. Our responsibility as believers, as disciples, as children of the Most High God continues to be to trust God even in uncertainty, to take practical steps, real world steps, and to take spiritual steps as discussed in depth last week. We don't need to rehash that. And to guide others with sound reason and judgment. The contagion effect can work for good, and here's one simple application for you and for the world. Find one positive thing. Find one positive thing about what's going on around us right now with the coronavirus. Find one positive thing. I guarantee if you look, they're out there. Some, there was a less people died in China or something happened and post it on your 1.1 billion media shares account about something good that's going on. And when you overhear people having conversations about, oh my goodness, the end of the world, I got the corona, I got the Budweiser, I got the... No. <laughs> Inject some good into the situation. Say, you know what, but what I heard today is that the, it, there's something good going on here or here or here. That's a simple little stupid little easy thing that contributes positively to the contagion effect. That's something we can do. And also take a lesson from Moshe, the first redeemer, and Yeshua, the second redeemer, who, when all of that happened and Moses came down and he splattered the tablets all over the place, what was the thing that he did? He went and he interceded for the people before God. He went and said, look, I get it. They were trying to be in control, Father, but please forgive them. If you're not going to forgive them, then take me out of the book. And how about Yeshua, when hanging on a tree, said, Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't know. You know, you don't say to people who voice paranoia and have their cart filled up with toilet paper, you don't say, you know what, you idiot, don't you believe in God? He's got this under control. They might, for all you know, love God more than you do. 
but they're just not seeing things clearly right now. And we need to navigate that line between fear and wisdom as smart, grounded believers in God. You know, the other thing is that we prepare for the future. One of the great mysteries I've always tried to figure out, the mystery of Revelation. Do you know what I think the mystery of Revelation is? I've always read that and thought, how in the world could this ever happen in the world? People should be able to reference that it says this right here, and then this is happening. How is the Antichrist, how is the enemy going to be able to to do this? How is he going to be able to convince people and have all this mark of the beast and do all these things? It's in the book. But now I look around and I see how it can happen. It happens by mass hysteria. It happens by the contagion effect. It happens by panic buying. It happens by fear. And it happens by our innate human nature to need to be in control, even if it means I got enough toilet paper. So, in the words of the Boy Scouts, be prepared. And here's my message title. You ready? Slow your roll. <laughs> Slow your roll. He's in control. Leave some, leave some Charmin on the shelves. God truly does work in mysterious ways, though. Could you ever even imagine that you could connect toilet paper to the golden calf to the book of Revelation? To faith? I love God. Seriously. Think think on the things that I've said today. It's not deeply religious. It's more almost psychological. But our, our religion even has a psychological component to it. And the behaviors that you see going on in the world right now, even among religious people, are psychologically motivated in some weird way that I learned about when I tried to figure out why people wanted to buy all the toilet paper. But think on what I said, and when the coronavirus is dead and gone, and may it be soon, no matter the crisis, remember how people think when you're interacting with them. And remember the words of Yeshua, judge not lest you be judged. I can easily look around and walk down that shelf in Walmart and say, oh my goodness, we are living in a world of morons. But that's not my place. Because who knows what I might be a moron about. Think about it. It's nearly hilarious to me That through this, do you know what I'm going to remember most about coronavirus? Toilet paper. Because I don't know about you, but I spend some time in the bathroom on a daily basis. And there's toilet paper in there. And every time since I began preparing this message, every time I'm in there and I see a roll of toilet paper, you know what I'm thinking about? Praise God. For a number of reasons, but I mean, spiritually speaking, thank you, God, that you are in control. We can trust you. 
We don't have to build a golden cow. We don't have to build on these acres back here a toilet paper manufacturing facility. We can just take practical, real-world, logical steps that walk somewhere on the side of wisdom rather than fear. Amen? Shabbat Shalom. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.